house of the Lord this morning. We had an awesome time of worship today. I uh, hope you guys that are tuning in with us that you're having a great morning as well, as great as a morning as we're having in the building. And uh, man, I'm excited about the word today. Uh, this is week seven of our series, Blueprints, where we're building wisdom uh, through the word of God. We're building wisdom in many different areas. And man, I'm excited about this message today. Uh, just a heads up, if you want to take notes or follow along with the message, you can go over to our app. You can download our app. All the notes are available on our app. You can follow along. You can even fill in blanks and add your own notes if you would like on the app as well. So just want to let you guys know that that is available for you. Um, and man, let's get started. I'm excited about today's message. If you're taking notes, if you're on the app or following on, you see it now. But today's message, week seven of Blueprints, is entitled Building Friendships with Wisdom. Building friendships with wisdom. And friendships, relationships, however you want to say it, is one of the most essential things that can make you or break you in your life. Friendships. You can destroy yourself. We know that. But something else that can destroy you as well is friendships. I've seen many of friendships destroy people. You ever saw friendships where you saw people together like, now what in the world are they doing together? Like, they, they don't even look like they go together. Or, like, why is he hanging out with them? Like, he doesn't even fit in with them. But his friendships will destroy you. And we need God to give us wisdom on how to build solid and strong friendships. And y'all know the song, uh, Houdini, friends, how many of us have them? Friends, ones we can depend on. That's a good song, y'all. Some wisdom in those lyrics. Friends, friends, how many of them do we have them? So let's listen to this. Y'all, do y'all like like late night shows, like talk shows? Jimmy Fallon. I don't know the any other ones. That's the only one I know right now. I know they used to have Leno and Letterman. Those were like the two biggest ones, but Jimmy Fallon is probably the biggest one now. But they always have a top ten. They always have the top ten, and they go in reverse order from ten to one. So I just thought it'd be fun to do that this morning. So we're gonna do the top ten ways people lose friends. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Top 10 ways people lose friends. Number 10, you repeatedly leave your wallet when you're invited to dinner. <laughs> Say, bro, you got me this time? I, for I forgot my wallet at home. You know, I, I thought I had it with me, but I was in a rush, and I just forgot it. Can you cover me this time? Man, it's the 10th time. That's a good way to lose friends. Number nine, you have dragon breath and talk really close to everyone. Breath is a little warm, and you want to get real close in the conversation. They're like, brother, back up. You need a tic-tac. You're killing me right now. You're melting my eyebrows. That's a good way to lose some friends. Number eight, you call everyone brother or sister because you don't know their name. You can't remember anybody's name, so you just call, hey, brother, it's so good to see you, brother. Oh, sister, it's so you don't know their name. See, what you do is you get someone that knows them. And you say, hey, can you go over there, or that doesn't know them, and say, hey, can you go ask them their name? Then you send them back, and then, hey, bam, there you go. Now you have the person's name. You don't have to call them brother or sister. You can know their name. Number seven, sending group text messages on Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's a good way to get blocked. We don't need the group mass text messages saying the happy Thanksgiving and Christmas. We know. Thank you. Number six. 
you have a special anointing to make everything negative. That is a very good way to lose some friends. Everybody's having a great time, and you just have a special grace to turn everything negative. Number five, you warm up stinky food in the microwave at work. Now, this, this really happened. So I was working at Blue Cross, and Blue Cross was in, in Baton Rouge at the time, Blue Cross of Louisiana. And we had several break rooms because it was a huge, huge, and we had three big buildings. And so the break rooms are huge. So one day, I'm walking down the hallway. I'm like, what is that smell? Like, it is terrible. And we walk in the break room, and these girls went in and warmed up crawfish. I don't know if you've ever smelled crawfish in the inside of a building. It does not smell good. So the whole floor smelled like crawfish throughout the whole place, and it was terrible, and everybody walked at them with a stink face, and they were just in there with their gloves on enjoying crawfish like it was normal. That is not normal. Don't warm up crawfish in your break room. Number four, you finish other people's sentences before they do because you know how it ends. And then you get the story wrong. And it's like, no, that's not actually how it ended. It ended like this. Oh, but I've, no, no, that's not how it ended. Always won't, you won't let people finish the stories. Number three, constantly send Facebook messages on Messenger saying hi. Why are you sending me messages saying hi? I don't understand that, but that's a good way to lose friends. Number two, brag about the one accomplishment you have in every conversation. You've had that one good accomplishment, you want to bring it up every chance you get in the conversation. Boy, you remember back in 95, I was pretty good at football. I used to throw the pigskin a quarter mile. That was in 95, it's 21. Let's move on. The number one way to lose friends is to be overly competitive about everything and always try to one-up everyone's story. Someone tells a story and you just, oh, I, oh, I, you did, oh, let me tell you about this time. And you just have to one-up every story that someone says and make it about yourself. That's the top 10 ways to lose friends. Come on, y'all give it up for the top 10 list, ways to lose friends. But, but seriously, though, y'all, we need wisdom to build friendships. For us to be good friends and for us to select good friends as well. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 reads, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. There are real friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. There are some friendships and some friends that they destroy each other. If you're in a relationship with friends that you always feel like you have to compete with them, or they competing with you, that's a good recipe for a friendship that's going to be destroyed just by competition. You always feel like you have to one-up each other and always have to compete. But it says that a real friend sticks closer than a brother. John chapter 15, verse 13. There is no greater love than to lay, lay down one's life for one's friends. There's no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. Jesus modeled this better than anyone. He willingly laid down his life for us, for you. For each and every person that is ever born, Jesus willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us that much. Now, that is the greatest model of friendship or that a friend that, that there is. It's the one that is willing to lay down our life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for these few moments that we have together. We're talking about building relationships and friendships with wisdom. Open up our hearts to different insights today, to revelation of you, and give us the wisdom to discern and to make good, healthy relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Building friendships with wisdom. You know, your friends will determine your future. Your friends will determine your future. Your peers will determine your potential. Your peers will determine your, your potential, and your companions will determine your course. Your companions will determine your course. Your friends say all there is to know about you. I could look at your friends, and your friends will tell me all I need to know about you. Because it's an old saying, but it's a true saying, birds of a feather, what? Flock together. So I can be sure that whoever your friends are, you're just like them. Why is that? Because birds of a feather flock together. What that really means is this. is like, I'm with you because we think alike. I'm with you because we have the same mindset. I'm with you because we have the same view on life. I don't know people that purposely team up with people that they have nothing in common with. Now, there may be things that you and your friends may differ in, but I never saw a person that says, I hate sports, so you know what? I'm just going to go to all the sporting events I can because I really hate sports. No, you go to places that you like. And it's the same thing with your friends. You and your friends go places that you enjoy together, but your friends will tell me all I need to know about you, your friends. And if you always, and we will always think like you. Your friends will always think like you. So I can look at you and say, man, I know exactly how you view life and think because of your friends. Non-strategic friends are dangerous. Non-strategic friends are dangerous. Your relationships should be strategic, and you have to ask yourself, is this, is this friendship or relationship a distraction to me? You have non-strategic relationships or friendships are dangerous. What does that mean? That means you just stumble upon relationships or friendships, and you don't even ask the question, why am I in this friendship? Why am I in this relationship? What is the purpose of that? With every relationship, you should have strategic relationships where you're saying, I know why I'm in this friendship or I know why I'm in this relationship. Because if you don't and you just stumble across any old relationships, you'll realize you'll be in situations that are like, how in the world did I get here? It's because you're picking non-strategic relationships. You weren't strategic. You just, oh, I, this is a cool person. They seem cool, so I guess I'll hang out with them. Danger. Be careful. You have to be strategic about your friendships. And the enemy, he will love to put people in your life to distract you to fulfill the purposes that God has for your life. He does that through friendships. He will always send people your way that were a distraction to you. So you have to ask yourself, is this relationship being a distraction to me from what God truly has for me? And we're going to dive into that a little bit more. But, you know, Jesus was strategic about his relationships. Before he selected the 12 disciples, it's, the Bible says that he went away and he prayed, meaning that I need to be strategic about who I select as my disciples, and he also called his disciples his friends. So if the Son of God, the Son of Man, if he was strategic about selecting who he wanted to be his friends and who he wanted to associate you with, don't you think we need God's wisdom as well in selecting our friends? But sometimes we just, oh, I'll just hang out with anyone. I'm a man of the people. I'm a friend of the people. I have all types of friends, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose 
of this relationship? What is the purpose of this friendship? And look at the fruit of it. A good question to ask yourself is this. Who are your friends? Who are the people that you would consider this is who I do life with? If you're going through a rough patch and you need to call someone, who are your friends? Who would you call? Number two, are you happy with those relationships? So the people that you're thinking about as your friends, are you happy with those relationships? Are all those relationships negative? Or do you always find yourself in a place where you're in pursuit mode and they don't pursue you? Are you happy with your relationships? Are your friends bringing you down? Are, you, are they pushing you further away from God? Are they drawing you closer to God? Those are good questions to ask. In these relationships, the people that I call my friends, are they helping me draw closer to God or are they pushing me away from God? Also a good question to ask, who would you like to be friends with? If you don't like with your friends, you're not happy with the friends, who would you like to be friends with? Start thinking about that. Man, I really would like to be friends with them. You know there are certain people that you may just meet once or twice, but you're like, man, I really would like to be friends with them. It's just something about them that I just really like. Who, are you, who would you like to be friends with? And the fourth thing, or the fourth question you ask yourself when it comes to friendships is, what kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? Are you a good friend? Because we all need wisdom to be a good friend. We all want friends, but we have to ask ourselves, what kind of friend am I? So today, I want to give you six thoughts on how to build friendships. Six thoughts on how to build friendships. The first one is, wisdom builds friendships on godliness. Wisdom builds friendship on godliness. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. There's three things that stood out there. How blessed is a man that does not, one, walk in the counsel of wicked. Second thing is, nor stand in the path of sinners. And the third thing, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Let's go to that first one. What is the counsel of the wicked? That means that you're copying the customs of the world. That means you copy the customs of the world. That means your behaviors, your speech, there's no conviction. The world has no conviction. They do whatever they feel is normal, and you begin to copy the behaviors or the customs of the world. That's his count, you counsel of the wicked. You're counseling what the world does. You're copying their customs. And when you don't pursue relationships with godliness, you begin to do this. You begin to have relationships with friends that, that you copy in the customs of the world. The things that the world do, you now do. The things that the world say, you now say. The behaviors, the customs of the world, no convictions. You once had a conviction about this, now you don't. What is that? You're copying the customs of the world. The second thing it says, nor stand in the path of sinners. What is this? This is you becoming buddies. Now you're becoming buddies with people that you never thought you would be buddies with. This means that this is people that are perverted, profane, and ungodly. And this is a good thing to know. If you have to always make excuses for your friends, maybe you need some new friends. Because you know there's some people that you introduce, now nah, you got to excuse my friend. They a little crazy now. Now nah, you got to excuse my friend. They might say some stuff that the guy's still working on them. And if you have to keep making excuses for your friends, you might need some new friends. Because when we become cool and we become buddies with people that are profane and ungodly and just perverted in everything they do, guess what? You become just like them. 
You might not start off like that, but eventually you'll start doing things and saying things and watching things that you never would have thought you would. Well, why? Because you become buddies with them. You've entertained them. You become buddies with them. You know, people always say this. Well, I have to be around people that don't say it because if I, if I don't tell them about God, then nobody else will. We talk about evangelistic relationships, and that's true. We, all our relationships shouldn't just be with Christian people. We do need to have relationships with the unsaved because we do have to go out and reach them. But the thing with that is Jesus did the same thing, but Jesus saw quick conversions. When Jesus hung out with the sinners, it was an immediate change. It didn't take months and years. It was an immediate change. When Mary Magdalene came to him, demon-possessed, he delivered her, and she began to follow him. When he, when he uh, was introduced to Matthew, the tax collector, he went to his home. He said, invite all your friends. They came to dinner. They all got saved. It wasn't this thing where Jesus was like, well, I've just been working on them, and I'm just hanging out with them and going to the clubs and the bars and different parties with them because I need to be in their environment so I can relate to them. No, Jesus was in relationship with them so they could be changed. And you have to ask yourself, are my friends influencing me more than I'm influencing them? And if they are, you might need some new friends. But people always say, well, I, I can't let go of my friends because they, they need to know about God. This is what I know about people. You can encourage people. You can witness to them all you want. But until they make it in their heart that they're ready to pursue God, they're going to keep living the way they want to. Whether you pursue them or not, they're going to keep living the way they want to until they make a decision in their heart that I'm ready to pursue God. And I'm not saying that you dis dismiss people. That's not what I'm saying. But when I'm talking, I'm talking about friendships, people that you call your close friends, that you rely on. If they're not pursuing the God in that way, they, if they're not pursuing God, they're just going to bring you down. And the last thing it talks about in the that, in that verse is, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So if you copy the customs and you become buddies with them, eventually you'll come to this last part is, you'll become delusioned disbelief. Basically, you'll become delusional. Your whole mentality has been conformed to the world. The way you think about marriage. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter who you marry as long as you love them. As long as there's love there, that's all that matters. When it comes to sexuality, you think about the world. Anybody can be whoever they want to be as long as it makes you happy. You begin to conform. And then the last and the saddest thing is this. You stop believing in miracles. You stop believing in faith. Well, I used to trust in God, but things didn't work out that way for me, so... You know, I just gave up on that. What is that? Because you confronted or you didn't choose wisdom and building godly relationships, now you're delusional and you've turned your back on the faith. And those things sometimes happen quickly. Sometimes it happens over a period of time. But you have to make sure that when I'm building friendships, I'm building it with godliness. So we said, so that's the, the it, you start with their customs. When you have friends that are ungodly, you copy their customs, you become their buddies, then you eventually, you become delusional when you have friends with the ungodly. So what's the solution? The solution is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call the Lord with a pure heart. That's the solution right there. I love that part. It says run from anything that stimulates youthful lust, but it says enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. That's the solution. Those are the people that you run to. Those are the friends that you run to. 
A good qualifications when you're selecting friends is this. Are they on fire for God? When you are trying to figure out friends, ask yourself, is this person on fire for God? That is a great qualification to have when you're selecting friends and and also a good way to uh, evaluate your friends. Is this friend on fire for God? Because you're either drawing closer or away from God. You're not staying in between. You're either drawing closer to him or further away. Surround yourself with people that are on fire for God and that will challenge you to grow closer to him. I'm always on the lookout for people that are on fire for God that challenge me that I say, I need to be around him. I remember there was this pastor in town. I never met the man in my life. I heard him speak one time. It was at uh, Pastor Brown's funeral. He shared some words at the funeral, and he spoke one time, and I said, I got to get to know that man. Never met him. He's, he's about 30, 40 years older than me, but I said, you know what? I got to meet that man. And you know what? I began to develop a relationship with him. And you would look at us together. We, matter of fact, tomorrow and I went to lunch with him a few weeks ago, and the people were looking at us strange like, why are y'all together? It doesn't matter. It was something inside of him. I said, I need to know him. He's on fire for God. He's got something that is going to challenge me to be better. So when you select a friend, you got to ask yourself, is this person challenging me to draw closer to God? Those are the type of friends that you need to encounter. Back in the day, we were in a youth group. There, man, there were literally thousands of friends that you could choose from in the youth group. It was, man, it was a lot of people in our youth group. And tomorrow was a part of that youth group. And I realized pretty quick, I can't hang out with everybody. I can't. Because just because everybody's in the church doesn't mean that everybody's pursuing the Lord and on fire for the Lord. Everybody that says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're really a Christian. And so I said, you know what? I started hanging out. What I like to do was I would hang out in big groups of people and then assess some things. And from there, I would determine, nope, I don't even have to hang out with them again to know I'll never hang out with them. No. And by the end of time, it's like you, I began to select these are the group of guys that I want to be my friends. You know what? We're still friends to this day. All of us, we've moved to, some of us have moved away from Baton Rouge, and pretty much everybody is in a different state except for a few, but we're still all in a group text. A couple of our friends, they came down about two months ago. They went to Disney World, and they stopped by and and chatted with us for a while. What is that? We were intentional about selecting our friends. We were intentional about selecting friends with people that are on fire for God because we knew that my trajectory of where I'm going in life is only going to be as good as the friends that I keep around me. And if you want to do awesome things for God, then you have to select friends that are on fire for God. Amen? Amen. So build friendship, or wisdom builds friendship with godliness. Second thing wisdom builds friendships with is, is discernment. It's discernment. Two questions you need to ask yourself when uh, selecting friends is, why do, you prefer, why do you pursue the friends you do? Why do you pursue the friends that you do? What is it about them that makes you want to pursue them? Is it something that they have that you want, good or bad? Is it, is, it, is it you just pursuing them because you're trying to get something from them? Why do, why do you want to be friends with them? What do you want from them? Like I mentioned, that, that, that pastor here in town that, that we wanted to know, is like, it was something, what you say, well, what did you want from him? I want to know what it, like the things that he's walked through because it was wisdom when he spoke. It was wisdom when he spoke, so I said, you know what? He has some wisdom that I can gain from. And so what is it that you want from your friends when you select them? What, what, what do you want from them? 
And you need discernment to say, what is causing me to, to always end up? Because some people, they have the same type of friends. Ever since elementary school all the way through life, they have the same type of friends. So you have to discern and ask yourself, what, is, what inside of me is drawing people like that? Or if you're in bad relationships, you keep, I can never find a good girl. I can never find a good man. Well, what is inside of you that's drawing the wrong people? Well, obviously, you need discernment from the Holy Spirit and wisdom to say, what inside of me is keep drawing the wrong person? Because obviously, something inside of me is attracting to them, so I need discernment to realize what it is so I can stop doing this. You need discernment. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 6, it says, many will seek the favor of a generous man, and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. Next question you need to ask yourself is, why do friends pursue you? Why do friends pursue you? You know, rich people have a hard time distinguishing if people are really my friend. That verse is a good verse for rich people, or if you have influence. Why? Because athletes, they, that's one of the hardest things to discern friends from, because people, they're with you if you can give them stuff. You don't even have to be rich. I say rich people, but you don't even have to be rich. But if people know that they can get things from you, oh, how you doing today? You doing great? Would you like to hang out and go to lunch? Because they know you're going to pay for it. We, we hadn't been together in a while. You want to go shopping? Because they know you're going to pay for it. And you have to discern and ask yourself, why in the world are they pursuing me? What, what do you want from me? What, what? Because if, especially if you have nothing in common, why are you pursuing me? Is it somebody that I know that you know that I know that you're trying to get close to? What, what is it that you want from me? And you have to use discernment to say, why are people pursuing me? And you'll realize very quick if you use discernment, oh, I need to avoid this person. I heard a story of a pastor one time that a lady came up to him and she said, Pastor, I've been a part of this church for years. And the Lord spoke to me and he said that I should only be friends with you. I believe that the, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I should only be friends with you, not anybody else in this church, just you. So I think you should just go ahead and give me your phone number so I could just keep up with you and just call you and contact you just to make sure that, that I'm doing good and you're doing good. And he said after he started, stop laughing. He said, ma'am, I'm only friends with my wife. It's like I don't just randomly have friendships with other women. But this church is a great place for you to go meet other ladies that you could become friends with. But what is that? You have to use discernment. Why is this person wanting to be friends with me? We need discernment to recognize those things. Why do people want to be friends with me? Wisdom builds friendships with discernment. Third thing wisdom builds friendship with is faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. It's two ways that you can always find out if someone is faithful for it, to you. One is faithful through trials. When you walk through difficult times, do you have people that will reach out to you and say, hey, how are you doing? You were on my mind. I was just thinking about you. Or are they nowhere to be found? Faithfulness. Do you have faithful friends? Are they faithful? When you walk through difficult times, are they there for you? Another one is, are they faithful with information? Can they keep a secret? When you go into them in confidence with something, are they gonna, is it going to stay with them or are they going to say, oh, no, 
I know Cheryl, I know uh, Susie told me this, but you got a promise, you can't tell nobody. I'm telling you, but you can't tell nobody else what I'm about to tell you. Now, if you couldn't keep the secret and you told someone, what makes you think the person that you told is going to keep the secret as well? Because they're going to tell somebody else, and then they're going to tell somebody else, and then eventually it's going to get back to the person that told it, and they're going to realize this is not a faithful friend. Because I came to you in confidence. Now everybody, uh, you walk in the room and everybody look, mm, I know what you did. Mm-hmm. And what is that? You can't keep the confidence of a person by telling their, their, their information. It's like you have, a friend is faithful that you say, well, if you tell me, it stops here. It's not going any farther, farther than this. And you need friends like that, that this is what it is. Can you control your mouth? Be a friend that people can trust. Wisdom builds friendships on faithfulness. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't, don't hang around with chatterers. Don't hang around with chatterers. And on the flip side of that, some people, they trust too much. What do I mean by that? They go around telling everybody everything. It's like they, they have no, they, 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 they've never met a stranger in their life. So you meet them for the first time, and then they tell you your whole, their whole life story. And you're like, whoa, hold up now. I don't even know you. But you're telling me your whole life story. I know you need some, obviously you need someone to talk to. Let's help you find some friends. But you can't just go around telling everybody everything. Some people trust too much, and then some people don't trust at all. Well, they just hold everything in. Well, they feel like, I can't tell anybody this because they're going to look at me different. Or I can't trust, I trust somebody before, and then they burn me with that. And it's like, no. You can't be in the extremes where you're telling everybody everything, and then you hold everything in. Both of a recipe for disaster. But you have to ask God, God, give me some faithful friends. Give me some friends that I could be faithful with and they could be faithful with me. I know tomorrow and I, years ago, we made a promise to two of our friends. We said, we're going to be faithful to these friends. These, not, not, not saying that those are the only friends we're faithful to, but these two friends in particular, we said whenever they're in need, we're going to be there for them. If they need something, they can get it from us. And we've built such a close bond with those friends because we were intentional about being faithful to them. And guess what? They're faithful to us as well. And those are friendships that last a lifetime. But you have to ask God, God, give me wisdom to to build friendship on faithfulness. Amen. The fourth thing, wisdom builds friendships on forgiveness. Wisdom builds friendships on forgiveness. Proverbs 17, 9, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. People are not perfect. You are not perfect. People are going to make mistakes. We have to learn how to forgive one another. We have, when, and when people show true repentance and true remorse for their, their, their fault, we have to forgive them and not hold it over their head. Because I've seen great friendships destroyed because people won't forgive one another. And sometimes it can be the most simplest, silliest things that people end friendships with. Well, why don't y'all friends no more? Well, I let her borrow a shirt and she didn't never give it back to me. Oh, okay, so a shirt. $20 or whatever it is ruined a friendship because of a shirt or whatever the case may be. But we have to learn how to forgive. Friendships will not be perfect. We have to learn to forgive one another. This is a good thing for marriages as well. Marriages, especially married people know nobody's perfect, but you have to learn how to forgive one another in marriages to make it work. That's the fourth thing. Wisdom builds friendships on forgiveness. Fifth thing. Wisdom builds friendship 
on truth. Wisdom builds friendships on truth. Don't just have surface-level relationships or surface-level conversations. What I mean by that is this. Every time you talk to, how y'all doing? Oh, I'm doing good. So how you been going? What, what you been up to? Oh, nothing much. What you do last weekend? I just went to the store. So how's the weather? Oh, the weather is good. Yeah, the weather's great outside. This is good. And it's all surface level. You never get to real truths. You know when you have meaningful conversations that you'll be surprised what comes up in conversation and how truth can be exchanged. Someone can share something from the heart, and then you can begin to, you know, I read a scripture about this. And now you can speak truth to a situation all by opening up in conversation. But if you never open up to a person in conversation, you'll never have meaningful conversations to really know what a person's true heart's intent are. But if everything is just surface level, you'll always be frustrated with your relationships. You always say, man, I feel like there could be more. Yeah, it's more because everything is surface level. You never go deep. You never open up your heart to your friends in, in the way that truth can be exposed. Two areas of truth is one is transparency. Transparency. Do you have friends that you can be transparent with? Transparent with. If you're battling secret sin and there's something that's killing you on the inside or something that's been tormenting you, you need to have friends that you could go to and be transparent with. You need to have friends that you can be transparent with and open up and be vulnerable with. And you know that, hey, if I tell this person, it stays here. But you need friends that you can be transparent with. God did not intend for us to hold everything inside and keep it to ourselves. Because that is a great way to destroy your life. It's to always hold everything in, to be secretive. Just to, you battling things, you going through things, but you never open up your mouth to tell anyone because you don't want to be transparent. Oh, I'm too ashamed of what I walked through. Well, you're going to keep walking in shame because you never opened up to tell someone. But the truth is, the moment that you share it and expose it, now the enemy doesn't have control over you. The enemy will always have control over you the longer you keep it in. But the moment you expose it and be transparent with someone else, bam, the light comes on, and now you feel a sense of freedom. But you have to be transparent about what you're going through. So that's the one area of truth. The second area of truth is accountability. So once you've been transparent, now you need to be accountable to that person. And all accountability is, or all, all accountability is, is continued transparency. All accountability is, is continued transparency. Is where I know that I'm in this relationship, and at any moment you can ask me anything, and I'm going to be truthful. You can ask me anything. I'm up. My life's an open book. I have no secrets. And when you have continued accountability, that's transparency. And that's, account, and that's the type of relationships that we need. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Also in Proverbs 20, chapter 27, verse 5 through 6, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a, from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Not only do we need friends that we can confide in, but we also need friends that can tell us the truth that can wound you. We need friends that can look us in the face and say, your breath stinks. You need a tic-tac. Now, that might not make you feel good, but they're telling you the truth in love. And I know I'm being funny with that, but sometimes you need friends that will walk up to you and say, Mario, you're going the wrong path. I see what you're doing, and you're not being yourself. You're doing things that you wouldn't normally do. 
you need to come back to the Lord. And you need friends that can look at you and tell you the truth. They don't tell you and egg you on to do, to do foolishness. You know, they got all these reality shows out now. And all the reality shows are full of drama with friends telling their friends to encourage them in their foolishness. And it's all for TV and ratings and all that. But that is a horrible way to be a friend is to continually encourage your friend in foolishness. But a true friend will say, no, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to tell you in love. I'm not saying this to hurt you. And even though the truth may hurt you, it's what you need. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Can you be open and transparent with the truth? Because sometimes a, a, a rebuke from a friend is what you need. It's someone to say, you know what? I know I've been messing up lately. Thank you for telling me that. Because all along, you know what you need to do. You're just waiting for somebody else to confirm it and tell you that. And then when they tell you that, you're like, okay, I know I need to get it together. I know that's what I need. But if you never have friends that are close to you like that, you'll never receive that. And you'll keep going on. But we all need that. Amen. The sixth and final thing, wisdom builds friendships on sacrifice. On sacrifice. Do you have friends that can be with you when you walk through your time of need? Can they sacrifice their time to be with you? Or are you the one that's always sacrificing your time to be with them? Do they make time for you? Are they always busy for you, but when you need them, they're never there because they never sacrifice. You know, sacrifice is one of the greatest principles of being a friend. There was a story at our, our church back home that um, there was this lady that she was diagnosed with cancer, and she was a part of a small group. And she went to the hospital, and she had her treatments, and because of the treatment, she had to, to cut off all of her hair. And the group of ladies that were in her small group, they all showed up to the hospital with her on the first day of chemo. And they all had wigs on. And then they all at one time, they took all their wigs off and the ladies shaved their hair. And they wanted her to know, hey, I know that you're sacrificing and you're going through this. We're sacrificing with you. We're here with you. Through your darkest time of need, we're here with you. And we're going to be here with you. Those are the type of friendships you need. And I know we're starting small groups coming at the beginning of the year, and that's why you need relationships of people around you that you can do life with that can encourage you. Those are the type of sacrificing relationships that you need. But one, if you never open up to anyone in the church, how will we know what you're walking through? You know, some people get mad at people in the church because they weren't there for them in the time of need, but they never opened up to anyone, so how were we supposed to know? You walk through things, but you never open up to us, and then you get mad at the church. The church people was never there for me. Well, did you open up to let somebody know what you were walking through? Because I guarantee you, if you open up to a group of people that you can be friends with, and you're transparent with them, they'll be there for you in your time of need. But you have to be willing to sacrifice and say, I'm going to put myself out there to be friends with other people. I'm going to open up and be vulnerable with other people. But if you never do that, if all your sacrificial friends are friends of the world, then eventually all the things that we talked about building wisdom with, you won't do those things. And you'll find yourself in a place where you're frustrated with all your relationships because all your relationships are relationships with people of the world that don't know how to be good friends because they all looking out for themselves. So, again, just to close. Are your friendships godly? Are your friendships faithful? Do you use discernment in your friendships? Are your friendships based on forgiveness? Are your friendships based on trust? 
and are your friendships based on sacrifice? This is a great example of what a marriage should look like. Those six things that I mentioned, all marriages should look like those things. Your, be- your spouse, that's a good person to be your best friend. Your spouse, that's a great person to be your best friend. You say, well, I, I don't have a best friend. I don't, I don't have these things. Ultimately, Jesus is the best friend you could ever have. Because the word says that, Jesus says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you say, all those friendships you talked about, I don't have any of those. Well, I have good news for you today. Jesus is the closest friend that you'll ever need. He is the best friend that you could ever have. You tuning in, Jesus is the best friend that you could ever have. Because no matter what you walk through, your highest high or your lowest low, he will always be there for you. When no one else is around to call, when you're up at 2 o'clock in the morning crying and disbelief, you can call on him and he'll be right there by your side. Jesus will always be there for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay lay down one's life for one's friend. That's what Jesus did for you. He willingly laid down his life for you because why? He wanted to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. I don't know if you ever heard that before, but Jesus wants to be your friend. The Son of God, who took on human flesh to become just like us, wants to be your friend. He wants to be in relationship with you. Why? Because he loves you. A love that we can't even fully comprehend or understand, but he loves you so much that he laid down his life because he says, I want to call you friend. I want to be in relationship with you. That is the best place to start with building relationship or building Uh, wisdom with friendships is building a relationship with Jesus. So today, I want everyone just to bow their head and close their eyes, and I want to give everyone the opportunity to in here today that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus in your heart, to accept him as your friend, to receive his love, the free gift of salvation. It's a free gift for everyone who chooses to receive it. You just have to make up a decision in your mind that, hey, I'm going to receive that free gift. I'm going to receive that love. The free gift of salvation. The free gift that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves each and every one of us. And he's just waiting for us to say, Jesus, I receive you. I receive your friendship. I receive your love. Thank you for laying your life down for me. And if you're watching online or you're in the room and you say, I want to come into right relationship with God. I want to receive his friendship. I want to receive his love. If that's you in here today and under the sound of my voice, no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hand. If you say, I want to come in right relationship with Jesus, I want to receive him today. Just lift your hand with no one looking around. Amen. Hallelujah. You all watching online. I want you to do this, and everyone else in the room, I want you to do this as well. I want everyone to place their hand on their heart, and I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin, for willingly laying down your life for me. I thank you, Lord, that you call me friend, and I thank you that today that I'm truly your friend, I lay down my life as you lay down yours and I will follow you 
all the days of my life. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. If you're in a building and you made that decision to follow God in the seat in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the other side, there's a card, uh, there's a tab where you can fill that out to let us know that you made the decision today to follow God. And you can drop that card out, fill that out, drop it in the bucket on the way out. And if you're online, if you're watching this now or later, just uh, put a comment in the comment section. Let us know you made a decision to follow Christ. We love to follow up with you. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Greatest decision you will ever make. I'll say that every time. That is the greatest decision you will ever make. And before we close, I just want to pray for everyone in the building and online for just for godly friendships. I just want to pray for that. Lord, I just thank you right now for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that you would give us wisdom to have godly, healthy friendships. I pray right now, Lord, that if we're any friendship or relationship that's causing us to draw further and further away from you, I pray that you would give us the discernment and the strength to walk away from those relationships. I thank you right now, Lord, as we show ourselves friendly, that you would give us friends that will show us friend, that will show themselves friendly as well. I thank you for healthy, thriving relationships, godly relationships, faithful relationships. I thank you for the relationships built on trust, that we're sacrificing in our relationships, that we're generous in our relationships. I thank you right now, Lord God, that we're thriving in our friendships and relationships and that they're all drawing us closer to you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're prepared to give, uh, there's three ways that you can give. You can give on our app. Uh, in a moment in the building, you can come down. We're going to take offering in a second. You can give on the envelopes in the building, and you can also mail in uh, a check to our address. You can find that on the website or on our Facebook page. Well, if you're prepared to give, like I said, you guys can give at this time. We love you guys. We will have a great Wednesday prayer this Wednesday at 6.30. We'd love for you to be in the building. Join us with that. Also, Rock the Block is going to be September 25th. We'll give you more information with that, but we're going to take three homes in our neighborhood. We're going to serve them. You could be a part of that as well. Well, we love you guys. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you this Wednesday for prayer.